Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nothing. But we already start with the cold open on this show. But this week, we have some deliberate, uh, you might call it white space here. Because there's a big game out this week. But we haven't written about it. Not yet. We haven't talked about it. We haven't written about it. Not yet. And that game is Kingdom Come Deliverance. And of course, I am Danielle Riendo, and this is Waypoint Radio 135. Joining me today are Austin Walker. Is white space a joke? It like was. A white, like white actually. space? That, that was the whole joke. I'm okay. glad. I got it. I thought it was appropriate. I get it. It's I funny. It's very appropriate for this. I, I smiled. I'm, I'm really glad. <laughs> Sometimes I, I oversell my jokes. It's fine. And this time I didn't, and you, I was subtle, really happy. Subtlety. You know, sometimes. Brought to bear. Sometimes you do a white space joke. <laughs> and also, of course, joining us today is Patrick Klepek. How are you doing, Patrick? Hello. Hi. So, so Kingdom Come Deliverance is a game with a long a long history, yeah. I guess you could say, uh, a long uh, and storied history. And it's something we have been, I think it's safe to say, struggling with how to deal with it. Yeah, I think we – I think it's – struggling is, is probably too strong. Grappling? <laughs> grappling. Grappling with. Grappled, but yes. I want to be – it's like grappling like boxing where there are rounds and it's like a lot of like – Hey, what should we do so with this thing? it's an MMA fight where there's grappling and boxing rounds. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but short rounds. Very short rounds. Like okay. minute-long rounds. How long okay. are MMA rounds? Five minutes. Minute-long yeah. rounds. Right. So we like grapple and then we're like, oh, we got to do a billion other things. Oh. So this has been a sustained struggle is what I want to be clear <laughs> with. It's been like, True. hey, Patrick, are you, are you checking that out, Rob? Are you playing that? Do you, do you have – Yeah, like this, this do, started – like with a, that? This started a couple of weeks ago when we – you know, the, the publisher of this game – uh, reached out and said, "Hey, we got this game coming out. Like, which platform would you like to play it on?" And I did my normal thing and like figured out who on the staff wanted, maybe was interested in this type of game. Right. Figured out where they wanted to play it and sent off the request to the publisher. We got some codes in, like uh, you know, a couple days before the game came out, and everyone was kind of off doing other things. So like, no one actually. <laughs> I think you maybe loaded it for a little while the weekend before I've, it came out. Yeah, like, like I I booted it before it came out, and it was like, oh. I can't play this game and also watch a video at the same time because it would like completely crushes my computer. So I'm gonna get back to this later, and then I just like went to bed instead. Yeah, and so I wanted like sort of set up the the context for like uh, this is that what this uh, is. Yes. Well, yes, more yes, than yes, yes. well, no more that that none of us had a particular interest in this game, and then it came out, and then we sort of knew like you know we get into the backdrop of like a lot of the the the, the history behind this game and its connection to Gamergate. Um, yeah. But we had sort of an internal conversation of like well. No one seems to be super interested in playing this game, which is fine. We don't have to cover every I, I, I big say, game. I would actually say that that's maybe mischaracterizing it in a way that there are receipts, which is we talked about this game on the E3 podcast. Yeah. Uh, Rob went and saw it and thought it looked really cool. Yeah. We thought it looked, we thought it looked like it had potential. Uh, I had known about it from the, some of the, the controversy, but also had seen the original pitch uh, Kickstarter and and it is it is very much my style of Euro like European janky computer RPG and I would go so far as to say that like I if if they didn't have the baggage and also probably if Monster Hunter wasn't out this would have mm. been a game that I would have taken up a lot of my time because I would have been looking for something to cover. Do you know I, what I guess I mean? what I'm saying is there's no one on the staff that sat around having played this game for 30 hours and 100%. said, I'm just not going to write about this. Like 100%. it was just a game yes. for a lot yes. of factors. Like we just didn't dedicate a lot of time to, but we yeah. had this conversation internally of like once the game like really, because there was sort of a thought that like, well, maybe this game comes out and like it turns out it's bad. And right. then like it's just not worth our like, 
intellectual, like our time, our, our intellectual curiosity. But this game has come out and it is an enormous hit. It is yep. already sold as of like 48 hours ago, like 500,000 copies, like 100,000 copies Steam. at retail just, just on Steam, on Steam right? which yeah. means like this game is going to, you know, go on to sell like very easily, probably millions of copies. Like it's a bona fide yeah. hit. And so we thought like this podcast was a, like a opportunity to like take what are our internal conversations and just sort of have a version right, welcome, of that. Welcome to an editorial stand-up meeting where we're going <laughs> to figure much. out what we're going to do with Kingdom Come Deliverance. I think yeah. that that's, you know, it won't be as simple as that maybe, but like I actually would love to talk about what the various strategies are for covering a, a game like this and like why, what some of our interests are, what some of our, what some of our concerns are and like what the different possible ways to cover something like this are when they come across your table. You know, when, when you, something like this lands on your desk and then especially when you know that part of your audience is really engaged with it. Yeah. How do you engage with it? Um, so I guess like probably fair to do some setup, Danielle. Do I you think we probably very should. broadly introduce what the game is and why people are what like what is it, what is it? Okay, so as somebody who uh, somewhat followed the controversy, and I, I want to make sure I get the year right uh, for the controversy. Fair. It was also uh, was originally it? a Kickstarter game, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like a very successful Kickstarter game, like on, on the pitch of, hey, do you want to be? Uh, like a little, like a character in a in a in a fantasy RPG, mm-hmm. but you're not. It's not Skyrim. Like you're not right, so out to the, save the world. Right. That's the pitch, right? Like the pitch on what the game is is it's a medieval RPG that's set in a uh, part of uh, I believe the Czech Republic now. What yes. was now it was Bohemia at, at the time, and I want to say 15th century. Uh, so like 1400s, it's it's the time of a civil war in Bohemia between King Wenceslas. I always pronounce that person's name wrong. Sure. Uh, uh, it, it's like the Holy Roman Empire is kind of falling – not falling apart, but is in the middle of an internal struggle. And realism with scare quotes around it, it yes. is one of the biggest cells yes. of this game and also part of the controversy. Yeah, raised a million, a million pounds, over a million pounds on, on Kickstarter years ago. And yeah, like no dragons, no magic, right. no – Which is cool. Like, like – like separate yeah. from everything, like that, like the idea that, like, yo, we're just going to drop you in this world, and we're going to try and simulate it to the extent that, like, a lot of these other games do, and then it's like a small team, like swinging big. Right. Uh, like, there's a lot of appealing things I, about I, that pitch. When I first right. saw that pitch, I was very excited. Like, I'm the person who plays Skyrim with mods that make me not the Dragonborn, that make me the son of a miller or a blacksmith or a, a merchant caravaner who's like gets attacked or a bandit or something. Like, I love the notion of like, oh, I want to be in a fantasy. I want to be in a, a fictional world. I want to be in, or, or in this case, not fictional. Eh, it still has some. You know, <laughs> fictional again, version of know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be in a video game as a character who isn't the hero, who isn't there to save the day, who isn't trying to like kill the dragon and defeat, you know, Ultima, and you do all the shit that you do in fantasy. You do RPGs. your job, get through the day. Yeah, and like if I get attacked by bandits and like fend them off with a sword, it feels dope, you know. Um, yeah. And so I remember my arc with this, which we can get into like. What happens here is like, oh, wow, that's cool. I wonder – for me, it was like, I wonder if I can create my own character. And they're like, no, you can't create your own character. Like, you're going to play this dude. This is the story of this one guy. And I was like, OK. Oh, yeah, fine. OK. That's fine. Yeah, it's totally cool to make a game about one character. Like, I wish there was customization. Like, I, there was all sorts of characters you could be in this setting. I, like, you know, if it's a simulation, I would love to be able to come at it from different angles. And then, like, bit by bit, more came out, right? Yes. A little bit more about sort of the political leanings of uh, the – I believe he's the creative director uh, on this game. Creative director and also co-founder the co-founder of the studio. studio. War Horse is the name of the studio. And this is Daniel Vavra. Vavra. I believe. I believe we're pronouncing that right. If we're not, uh, apologies. Yes. Uh, people's names should be pronounced right if, if possible. definitely true. Um, and around the time this is 2014, I'm seeing 2014 keep coming up here, uh, which you know is a very important year for the history of video <laughs> games and uh, Gamergate and so on and so forth. Uh, it looks like it was spring of 2014 where some of the some of this was starting to come out about he had made some comments uh, about the game and about basically whether or not there would be people of color in this world. Uh, and there was like a very I want I want I don't know if I can get it verbatim. Uh, there's got to be – I'm sure somebody took this quote somewhere here. Uh, the one about black people? Yes. I mean, yeah, this is the essential question. was like, yeah, was, is this game going to have black people? And his response was like, there weren't black people. Right. So they're not going to be in our game. And then the response to that was like, well, like, right, actually. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, we're not, like, no one's arguing that, like, it was predominantly black people. Right. But it doesn't make sense if you're pitching a game on realism to say – that there weren't any, and then his double down was to say, "Well, actually, 
acts his own well actually yep. i'm from this area <laughs> right. i know it better than you this is my history right. don't tell me what my history is which they've since walked back as a group. Uh, quite a bit yeah um, seems like but then that led into other instances yes. right that led into the t-shirt which was what like hashtag based and yes. then like i am a cis i can uh, i got that one it was basically oh. like today he'd be wearing a shirt that said hashtag deplorable, right? Yes. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. So there, there's a, he's very sort of like proudly brandishing his T-shirt in these photos. He's very excited about it and says based. Then it says white, privileged, able-bodied, cisgender, basement-dwelling, man-baby, virgin scum. Uh, something uh, – sorry if this picture doesn't quite sure. have the next word. Um, but then MRA, I think it says neckbeard, neck shitlord. I'm an edgelord. I'm an edgelord. I believe Basically. that's what it might say. Yeah, that's what it says. It's like, oh, do, did, it says like, did I trigger you, snowflake? Yeah, I mean that's a uh, lot. This is an I mean, original that, joke. That's what yeah, it and says. That's, and that's a lot of like his his commentary um, so, like outside of like the, the like back and forth over like the quote unquote historical accuracy of this game that is quote unquote his history right. uh, is – is like a lot of him becoming sort of a sort of a, a lightning rod and a champion for uh, a lot of people who aligned and saw themselves and supported and engaged with Gamergate by being a predominant design. Like he wasn't just a random Twitter egg. Like right, he right. was someone that was showing off a game at E3 and like right. doing interviews with outlets like Kotaku, who like you know Steven Totillo, the AC over there, did a piece like trying to grapple and engage with the question of like interviewing a Gamergate developer um and so that like he became sort of a a pretty pivotal figure to a certain section because it legitimized like that was the key thing he helped legitimize ideas even if they weren't ideas he was necessarily advocating but by becoming a a, sort of a lightning rod for it he he was in effect legitimizing gamergate to a a broad swath of people and using that sort of really shitty low rent kind of punching below the belt humor to to do so as well there's there's sort of a famous tweet where he uh, he says, thanks to popular demand by history revisionists and for the sake of accuracy, let me introduce you to our protagonist. And it's like a picture of like Martin Lawrence. like Right, in, from Black Knight. That's Black, that's Black Knight. Right. It's yeah. Because is it this uh, – yeah. remind me if I'm wrong because this this is a couple years ago. But I, I believe this was also around the time when there was a lot of discussion about The Witcher 3. Like, So like yeah. part of the reason or this came, came up, up was – in between at the very least. Yeah. It was coming like around the same time like where he kept popping up as a figure where there were some criticisms of Witcher 3, which is – yeah, a wonderful game that a lot of people waypoint like yep. a lot, including myself. Yeah. Yeah. But questions of like, why aren't there more like black people in or The Witcher Three? Like color in general in The Witcher yeah. Three. Like it's a that's a setting game. that has people of color in it. There are like the other cultures exist there, and there are reasons for them to to show up. Uh, and there was like a, a huge uh, uh, kind of lightning rod for, for conversation around that, in which the realism argument was was like brought down again and again and again. Like despite the fact that you're being chased by ghost horses, <laughs> right. that whole game, right? right. Um, and like, which is wild. Um, the ghost horses or the argument? The, you know, pick your poison, <laughs> Patrick. Bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and so like there was a lot of conversation around it then, and it, you could you could feel. I mean, for me at the time, I could feel certain people in various communities where I, those discussions were happening, like seeding the ground of The Witcher Three, especially because I believe some of the DLC does end up bringing in some of the characters from those places where there are people of color in The Witcher Three, like there are traders from another group or whatever. And previous Witcher games also included people from those cultures. Um, but they didn't give this ground, right? Which is like, all right, fine. You can have the one that has dragons in it, but you can't have this one, which is real and right. about real history. And like, don't ignore the part where there are healing potions in this game. <laughs> yeah. Also, ignore the part where like, where like, uh, I I stole a, an outfit. So I was wearing like a guard's outfit, and it was enough to like surprise the queen. <laughs> who I'd spoken to an hour before. And she was like, who are you? I'm like, all right. Yeah, realism. For real, though. Um, so it, it is, It is. I guess, like, to, to bring us quickly to speed here, yeah. this is an issue that, that we have to uh, tackle uh, when it comes to, like, running Waypoint and, and thinking about what sort of coverage we give to everything. Um, but also, you know, in a specific sense, it's like, how do you tackle this thing that has this history that was made by... Uh, between 80 and 150 people are the numbers that I've seen thrown around, depending on who you're counting as like part of the core dev team. Um, that is, but that 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 dev team is led by 
the creative director on the project, the company is owned by someone who has repeatedly said like really gnarly gross shit. Yeah. Um, who has come out and had like half apologies. There's a there's an apology you linked us to, Patrick, um, that is very yeah, long. I could just, <laughs> just I could quote like the the like most. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Um, where he specifically speaks to uh, uh, GamerGate. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, so say in summary, I'd like to say that for me, at heart, it was always about the freedom of speech and the freedom of opinion of thoughts. This is me vomiting halfway through right. reading this. Um, <laughs> the freedom uh, for artists to create art uh, free of political influence. For me personally, and I speak only for myself, should the artwork initially... Uh, always be seen as uh, be seen free of political or ideological views, unless the art clearly and aggressively communicates racism or any form of discrediting of minorities. Such messages can do and will not be good, not only me, uh, uh, but our entire team. Uh, today, I see my comments in a different light, and I'd like to apologize if my points of view and individual discussion should have been better communicated by me. I'm sure I should have used a better word choice or form of commu- communication. Uh, in some cases, I want to contribute with my view to the above-mentioned freedom of speech and my desire to make artists work without being influenced by the opinion of other people. This is my personal opinion. Uh, which uh, re- That whole thing reads very much like a publisher being like, Yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was tased into writing this. Basically. Totally, and like, and but also, it kind of doubles down in a sense. On he doesn't actually sort of apologize. No, he's 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 what he's doing is he's saying I fright like I apologize. This is like when someone says like uh, I'm sorry if I offended you. Yeah, yep. exactly. And when they say that, they're not actually apologizing for their speech. They're apologizing because someone said it was hateful and I got shit for it, as opposed to grappling with. What I said, right? Like, the idea that his takeaway is like, well, I was wearing a hashtag beige, uh, based uh, edgelord T-shirt because I was fighting for freedom of speech and not just trying to troll SJWs. Like, right. is bullshit. Like right. that. Like, at least own what you were doing. And like, all all this is just saying like. Uh, I'm going to try and stem some headlines because if if someone writes a review and then in a, in a, in a side part it says like, yeah, here's the shit about Gamergate with this game. By nature, like it's in some ways preying upon like the nature of both sidism and and reporting to say like, oh well, he issued this thing where later he says like, yo, maybe I kind of fucked, fucked up, right, right, right. And you end up that you end up naturally, and I know this as a reporter, like this is just like your tendencies. You end up downplaying the previous history because the most recent the most history recent thing. Yeah. then becomes like the more important data point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what what is like? There's also a, a statement from the co-founder Martin Klima who says. Uh, you know, who basically says like, "Hey, we've been accused of malicious uh, intent, and and people have said that we're racist, but but we're not." And hey, it's not like there everybody in this game is white or is like, you know, like uh, Aryan or something. Like there are people from the Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, Jewish characters. There are Kerman characters who are like nomadic Turk uh, yeah. people of Turkish descent. Um, uh, but then this, this quote this here is amazing. really great. Uh, Now comes the argument of the critics, but what about black people? After more than four years of intensive research, it can be stated that there is no proof that there were no dark-skinned people in Bohemia and vice versa. There are many things we cannot prove. Otherwise, we would have to assume, for example, that lions would have lived in the forests of Bohemia. After all, the coat of arms of the ruling house is adorned with a lion. Where else could people have had this portrait? And it's like (laughs) saying – what he's saying there is like, well, we can't prove there aren't black people – there weren't any black people there. But then he, the, the ne- next paragraph is basically like, but we're not trying to do this whole big thing. We're not playing a game about medieval Europe, but telling a story located in a very small part of medieval Europe. Our game does not focus on the quote unquote big story, not on wars, kings or popes, but on the story of ordinary people. I need to let y'all know. Kings and popes are literally the first two hours of that game, back to back to back. Like it's all it is about ordinary people, but it's about ordinary people caught between. Like I can tell you that there was a time when there were three popes now, because the game details that, and it's and it's an important contextual thing for what's happening in the story. Yeah. Um. There's a, like a whole thing where you like throw shit on a dude's house because he was insulting one of the two kings and one of the popes. Like, of course, that stuff does come up. Um. And the notion of like, well, we can't prove that they're there, so we're going to default. Whether they're there or not, so we're going to default to them not being there, feels like a willful choice. That is yes. not – like what you're saying, Martin Klima, is, well, we can't know one way or the other, so let's assume no or so let's represent no. And that ends up being like the most frustrating thing around representation is like when there is white space, when there is an opportunity, like what are you gaining and what is your motivation for being limiting instead of being uh, expansive? It's also so frustrating that he – 
does this thing of of like comparing black people basically like to the lions, lions. Like, <laughs> like like come on yeah. there weren't coats of arms with sea monsters and dragons and all that other stuff that but yeah they were definitely living in the woods like it's it's so frustrating because you're doing that that thing of both completely showing how shitty and terrible your imagination is and your ability to actually understand right. the world and you're also fucking comparing black people to lions right like it's, come on the, dude. I, here's the other thing i'll say is like when you look at what historians uh, what some historians have said about this game the stuff that i've read on twitter stuff that i've read on blogs a lot of them say like yo if you think that you can zero in on like an actually historically accurate representation of this period of time in this place get some historians on the phone because you got some breaking news like <laughs> there's uh, uh, so many empty spaces when it comes to what real lived life uh, in that era looked like because records are so limited yeah. um, because records are so compromised and so uh, uh, biased in terms of where they come from they come from the church they come from people in, in higher positions of hierarchy who knew how to read and write uh, they have to do with with activities that are often about faith or about uh, about politics um, and so there's lots of like elements of day-to-day life that are missing or that are uh, supposed or that are built upon certain sorts of evidence but not like clean firsthand evidence. Uh, and so there is something in the pure – in the in the, uh, re- the rhetoric of the marketing that is like this is an accurate, realistic, true vision of what medieval Europe looked like or of what this little one chunk of medieval uh, Europe looked like. Based, this, on, based on our bias sources. 1950s right? textbook. Which, this is perfect. <laughs> but like I, I – like it is a disputed space and it's so frustrating to think that you couldn't encourage – like inside of that disputed space, there's a lot of room to work, you know? Um, but I think all of this is still like getting around like it's still we're in setup mode. Right. And I'd like yeah. to pivot into like the meat, which is like, all right, so here's this game. It's successful. It it, it seems to succeed at a number of things. And um, I've seen clips where like I can see myself going like hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, hmm. I, I, so I played three or four hours now. I got through the introduction. The title is a late title card. There's like a <laughs> there's like a uh, the credits come up all over okay. uh, while my body is being on the back of a cart being dragged from one place to another. There's didn't a, you have to replay like the first forty? I had to replay the first the- 30 minutes um, because <laughs> the save of the save system. That it, Right now, currently, there is no uh, quick save or to quick – sorry, there is a quick save. But the only way to quick save is to consume um, uh, a, a T-shirt. A, no, not a T-shirt. A um, – What's a schnapps? There's a schnapps called save. So you just, save you just get your drunk schnapps and you get then drunk. pass out. Uh, you have to buy or brew the special save your schnapps. Um, Savior, get it? Yeah. It's like saving your game, save or you can sleep schnapps. in a bed for for a, a, a save. But like sometimes I'm not just doing stuff. Like I gotta uh, okay, I gotta go. I like have a call I have to get on. Well, I can't just leave this awesome. running on my PC. Sometimes you read a take so bad that it makes you go to bed and go to sleep <laughs> oh, and save your game. and save my game exactly. <laughs> um, and so, but I did. I ended up like, all right, I'm going to try to put some time into this thing because I want to know if when we talk about this, should I, can I say that like, oh, actually the like, the people of color who do make it into this game are, are, are turned into monsters in ways that are like shitty. And like, not really, like the, the, the people of color who have shown up so far, I don't know that I've seen anyone's face. They all wear masks. They're like, they're <laughs> oh, like, no. they are these cumin, uh, cumin is a culture uh, of, uh, I believe like step a step okay. culture of okay. the kind of eastern steps, the Asian steps. I believe related to – they keep saying Turkish, but I don't know that the mapping lines up to me in that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, who were historically um, – a number of them were used as mercenaries by one side of this conflict. And so they are like the – like what was the, the – they were like being treated sort of like the Persian army in 300. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm. this monstrous, savage, like, super army is coming and, like, there's nothing the natives can do about it. And there's definitely work to begin unpacking stuff there, but I'm not deep enough in to see if that's ever complicated. Um, right. There's lots of, like, stuff coming from the position of characters who are like, I don't know who they are. I heard the word cumin. That might be a thing because, like, I haven't read any books ever. Your character can't read. When they looks when he looks at books, it's just, like, weird glyphs and – Unless he gets instruction on how to read, he can't read. And so, like, that's the hmm. thing. It's like, there is stuff in that's this pretty, game. Mm, that's there is pretty stuff good. in this game where you're going to go, hmm, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that the combat model is pretty fun. Uh, and also, I don't know. It, it feels like walking on eggshells even when playing it because it's so easy to see 
some of that like underlying ideology and how those choices get made. But it's not – but it's always like dispersed, right? Like, one of the big counter arguments that we've seen come up again and again about like how you should cover this is like, hey, this is one dude. One guy made this – didn't make this game. But right. this huge team made this game and, and we don't right. know what their political affiliations are and we do know that like a lot of them would love to break into the games industry and have a, a shipped title under their belt and then they can go off and do something else. And it is – I'm not sure where I stand on, on a lot of yeah. this stuff yet. I don't, do either of you have a firmer position or not position even but feeling? I mean this this feels to me like it's directly hearkening back and it's not the exact same thing but it's a similar idea to what we were talking about earlier about sort of like studio culture um, mm. at on Detroit Become Human or mm-hmm. something like that. Again, not the same thing. No. Not the same thing. So no. I want to be super super clear. Uh, but it, it does feel like okay, that's, you know, there's a lot of people who are dealing with crappy working conditions potentially right. to kind of deal with this, to yeah. try to make this game. And again, like you said, like make something, ship it, have that on your resume so you can actually go out and do something else. I, I don't know. He's a creative director. That's right. another thing. And he a co-founder. He didn't and make is like, the music or, or right. whatever. Everything this is, is not Subnautica, which was another important. game yeah. that was in the news recently for yes. similar situations yes. where the sound designer or the, the musician, I forget I forget what their role was, right. uh, made some, some, some really vile fucking tweets. Um, yes. And it was eventually removed from that position once those tweets kind of came to light publicly. But again, like that was a weird situation and it was a frustrating situation for a number of reasons, not least of which it suggested a sort of uh, a sort of culture at the at the studio that didn't understand why those tweets to begin with were a problem until they were brought up. But once they were brought up, action was taken. And yeah. so like I think that's another – Some credit there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that there is um, – but but in that case, it was a sound designer or, right. or a musician or both. I, I forget the Which, exact. Which again, role there. to be clear, every creative person on any work is important. Yeah. However, creative director, there's a certain through line with their ideas and their sensibilities well, and that co-founder. goes into the product. Uh, the other and one is co-founder, is co-founder, co-founder and this is the thing that makes it even more complicated. Also, yeah. just like materially, yeah. That's the person who's going to to win the most in terms of like fiscal gain for this game, right? right? Like that he's as a co-founder is the one who is going to step away from the game selling well with fatter pockets and like with the ability to, to pursue future projects and with the ability to spend that money politically sometimes, yes. right? Uh, and, and so again, this is not like I don't know. I I don't know. I. I for me, a lot of this also ends up getting tied up into other conversations with how what do we do with our dollar and like it's very frustrating. Like vote with your dollar, uh, and I say that after having said vote with your dollar on an episode that we did a few months ago or a month ago on Red Strings Club, right? Which was like the opposite situation in that it was a very small team doing a very small game, but that instead of being about what their personal politics were about, it was like you and I getting very angry and frustrated with something in the content of in the, the game. game. Yeah. And the thing where like in a three – for me, I played through that game in three hours. That was like 15 minutes of that three hours. And so it's like, OK, that's a substantial portion compared to what might be really shitty in Kingdom Come Deliverance. But I haven't seen it yet because it's in 27 hours. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Um, and like, yeah. and like, if I could redo that podcast, I would way scale back the the vitriol that that I brought there, for sure. And but what's that mean for this project? Where like, I know what the politics of one of the major people at play is, and and but I also haven't spent the time playing this game. Um, but at what point do I? At what point do we say like, okay, well, there are a billion games for us to go play. We could go. I could go play another game by marginalized devs or, or games from people who just like are centrists and who aren't like being pro gamergate. Like out, like out there saying gamergate had some good ideas. I mean, right. that's the thing, right? right? Like that's yeah. like I, I always go back to that part of it. Is like it's not just it's not he voted for Trump. It's or or, or voted right. for a right wing like, party. It's it's like you like. If you go back and look at that, his his quote unquote apology, like at no point does he walk back. Like in, he doubles down on this on the the bullshit narrative. Right, the gamergate was about freedom of speech right. and about like respecting gamers, which is and, just like, completely false. It's wrong. It's, it, it is just it is a will the point. Yes, that is gaslighting. Yeah. like he is attempting he, he and he's doing what he did before on a much broader scale with a much larger platform. Now that he has a, 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 successful, a wildly successful yes. game, yeah. Yeah. is that like it is a, is a willful uh, intentional? Let's, let's be careful because I don't know. Did he say that stuff bef- after the game blew up or not? No, it was right. in January. So, so I want to be clear. But I'm, sa- but I'm saying you I can guess the go. Kickstarter back, like, happened already, but yeah. 
Right, what right, I'm saying right. is like those comments exist in like yes. when if people are going to go back and look at what now. did he say. Yes, totally. You're looking at that now with a like a deeply successful uh, uh, video game, and you look at those comments, and like it is a a successful game developer actively gaslighting the narrative of like what Gamergate was, did, accomplished mm-hmm. the, the the harm that it did, and I have a lot of trouble squaring that, even though I. I like with you. I, I like in some level. In some level, because of all that, I feel this this need to. You know what I mean? Feel like I just yeah, need no, that's, to know. That's like the need. Right? Like of... I feel. I feel like I just like I want to know. Like, is this expressed in right. the game? Like, I have an I have an, an intellectual interest on the opposite end of it, which is like I want to know how this got into the game. How does someone that expresses those politics does does that seep into the game? Does it seep into the, in, into it in ways that are not obvious? Like capital R racism right. but are like you know like w- much more vague and, and oblique and right um, we just read that piece from duncan fife on not just now about three weeks ago four yeah. weeks ago now on police quest four in which uh uh daryl gates who was the the uh head of the the LAPD, chief of the LAPD for for a little over a decade during a period of systemic oppression and like and gross abuse, including the Rodney King uh, beating and the the mishandling of justice around the trial Um, and and then the LA riots that followed. Um, That was a really interesting look into literally how – like that game is filled with gross shit. Like that game is called Police Quest IV uh, colon open season, which is like, (laughs) yeah, dog. I I mean I I laugh because of the audaciousness in retrospect of what – like obviously at the time, I'm sure it was seen as slightly audacious by certain – but like now you just look back and go, what? I mean it was seen that way. One of the things that's interesting is it was seen that way at the time by people in the studio. And that's one of those things is like – it, it is very – It had, when I – there were times in my life when I was like, why don't you just quit? Like – and I think there are times when it's worth quitting. I, I absolutely think there are times – there are people who have quit their jobs in the last year who I respect greatly for stepping away from places that are abusive or that have – or refusing to work with people who who are harmful and, and who are making content that is terrible or, or, or dangerous or, or, or is you know uh, oppressive or marginal – or like harms marginalized folks or harms anybody. Um, and – so I, I definitely respect that when people are able to like make that happen. But I also get what rent looks like and that like for a lot of people, especially people who are on the margins, it is even harder to step away in a case like that. And it's also a case of whether or not you're telling yourself this that, oh, maybe right. I can I can change things from the inside. Yep. Maybe I can be in the belly of the beast and I yep. can try to make something good happen. I mean, I mean we we've actively said we're doing yes. that. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I, this so is like a very that, close I mean, like, to no part. bones about it. That is like a go, thing that we're talking about. Go read yeah. that statement. Like, yep. we made that statement. I'm happy to say that the four things or whatever that we requested have been followed through on, and like, that's great, but that doesn't mean that, like, it's you sleep easy when, like, another no, fucking I mean, things article are good. Breaks. It just means, yeah. like, you, you try and move the right. ball up the hill. But also, right. when you, it, it's also to imagine a world in which, let's say I kept playing this game. Let's say I kept playing this game. I put another 10 hours into it. I'm starting to get into it. I like it. And, like, I like it because it's good. And I think, I like because there's fun design stuff and I think the combat is, is really interesting. I think there's interesting, you know, emergent gameplay or whatever. Um, whereas it can be, especially in our current position, very easy to slip into apologia, to slip into like, OK, well, let me find the version of a defense that still chides the, the lead dude but leaves open room for me to still like the game. Um, and it's one of the difficult things about working in short form, comparatively short form work compared to when I used to be in when, in academia, which is like, oh, I'm going to write 70 pages about this. There's a lot of room for nuance there and there's a lot of room to right. be, make it very clear, fuck that guy. And and like here's where it exists inside of a context and here's where these things come from. And like you will leave that 70 pages or whatever knowing exactly where my head is at. You gave it its due I gave it in its like due the and, larger context and, and of the game. Also, yeah. But also engaged with it critically in, in, a, in, a, in right. a space. It wasn't just a sidebar like, hey – Man, he says some he says shit some about shit. Gamergate. Right. But back to the time when I threw but, shit on that guy. <laughs> and he was really mad. House. Exactly. <laughs> Why did he hate the Pope so much? Because, um, I mean, we've we've engaged with this before, right? It's so, like we uh, we sort of fumbled our initial coverage on Life is Strange because totally. yep. we turned a blind not, – not a willful blind eye. It was just – we just – Drop the ball in the way that you you do sometimes. Tried to course correct on that, in which like any time we talked about that game, which Danielle and I both are like big fans yeah. of that mm-hmm. of that series and, and liked a lot of things that happened in before the storm. Um, and tried to couch that with like you know building into the actual like critical discussion of the game is like our own uncomfortableness, both as like public critics and both as fans of like 
yo, like, this is shitty, and what does it represent that I'm playing this? But, like, it was something that we sort of collectively said that wasn't, like, we didn't draw a line on it. Right. We, we said that, like, what was bad here was not egregious to the degree that we're still not going to engage with the work. Yeah. I think the difference there is because that wasn't a creative head of the studio making the game, making a decision to fuck over labor. That was, like, a, a dispute between a publisher and right. like the, the contracts, like it, I fully understand if people say that's a, a not a meaningful uh, distinguishable thing. Yeah, absolutely. We can we can we can have that conversation. We we chose to make that distinction um, at least at the time. Yeah. Um, that's the, the the you know the part of what we like doing away. But I was looking back on that stuff. I'm like, yo, maybe we fucked maybe that we up. Maybe we yeah. wouldn't make that yeah. decision the I next time. I try to be as transparent as possible around this shit. Yeah. But we try and talk about it as it's happening. I think this is where another one we're thinking like, okay, where's the line, like, you know, I think this is something we'll have to think about again, like, when Detroit Become Human comes right, out yes, now totally. that we know more about that series, like, where where is the line? And some of that line is, like, how compelling is the work and what the work does that that forces you to, to reckon with how do you come up well, with, not, often not a rationalization, but, like, an explanation for why you're not just going to say, like, so, for example, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a stream of uh, Remothered Tormented Fathers, <laughs> like, a really... Uh, a fucking name. Uh, yeah. Kind of a, it's a bad name. Um, and uh, it, it was a really fun stream. I spent 90 minutes of that game. It was goofy and weird. Had a lot of fun with the people in the chat. Got out of that stream. Had uh, a number of people reach out and say, like, yo, like, this game gets really fucked up and transphobic as we're going mm-hmm. along. And I had planned to stream that whole game. Instead, you know, what we made the decision was, like, rather than discover that along with the, right. the audience as we got there, was, like, actually, like, there are better things to do with right. my time. Right. This game doesn't deserve our platform. And by streaming it, talking about it, even if we caveat it, right. we are especially... I think there's a difference between the average person going and buying a compromised product. Yep. Yes, the, the money is important and, and like the vote with your dollar, blah, 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 blah. But there is, there is a meaningful distinction when folks like ourselves that have like a public responsibility to like stand by our values or to like to 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 work within those values and express those values is and I think this Austin I think you had mentioned this we were talking about this internally it was like even if we wanted to explore this game and figure out how we felt about it the right way to do that is not yo let's boot up a stream right. and find out what's going on in Kingdom Come Deliverance yeah. because that's the opposite of oh I'm going to go play it and then come exactly. back with capital you know t thoughts about right. it which is a dip, which is a far in which you can explain that nuance in which you can explain like here's what's fucked up right. here's how it fits within that larger thing like and that's i think where we've been trying to figure out is like how do we even if we wanted to approach the game what is the approach that doesn't uh doesn't go against the values of our, our site and also right. our community I mean, that's the like, thing our is community like, I, is a I huge part about, of that yes. you know i i, I the other big difference between uh, an academic, you know, uh, essay on this stuff that's you know d- dozens and dozens of pages long, and the thing we write on the website or do a stream of or do a podcast of is people will read it and listen and watch these <laughs> when they won't do that. Not with the like academic. four people. Not yeah. like four people who are also like, oh yeah, I'm already lined up with you on like I get where this fits. Like, no, like there are people who come to us maybe not for purchasing decisions but for insight, for understanding what games are out there. Um, and how I, should I feel how about sh- this? Right? Thing? Do you yeah. have? I, I already feel this way, but I don't know the language for it sometimes. Right. You know? How do we? What is the language I can I can use to think through some of this stuff? Um, and and also like we do reviews now. We launch reviews, but we still don't think of reviews necessarily, or we still don't think of a lot of the work we do as just pure like consumer advocacy product or review. product like, review. Yeah. We do we do talk about whether or not you should spend time with the game. We just reviewed the Fall Two. Patrick just put up a, a part the Fall Part Two review that was very frustrating because I wanted that that game to be fantastic, and it sounds like it's only okay. Um, yeah, and and that review is like pretty different than like the approach you took with like Monster Hunter totally, World, which totally. is like. Which is an essay. Yes, talked about whether yes. the game is good or, or or bad or not, but like in a larger like, yes, what is this game saying but, sort of way. But my my point is like we can't even really have the alibi of like well we got to review it. It's a big game. Like that isn't right. part of our our game plan. Um, but really important to me was like how whatever format we take will will be giving it space. Um, and a stream specifically, it's one of those moments that's made me think a lot about streaming as a format because. When you stream something, you discover it together and you don't always have the ability to collect thoughts, produce uh, an interesting language that, that can help – not even interesting language but, but a thoughtful, thoughtful language. Yeah, considered. Thoughtful words and thoughtful analysis of the work, considerate work, like you said, that actually works through stuff. And instead you go like, oh, that shit just happened weird and then you move on <laughs> and that's not enough 
to tackle this. And that's how I, very much how I felt when Rob and I were streaming Wolfenstein too. The, yes. You know, for the first yes. time, neither of us had seen anything about this game, and we're streaming it, and the shooting the dog happens, and the N-word happens, mm-hmm. and the, the father beating the crap out of the mother happens. Sorry, I know this is a lot of uh, trigger warning stuff right here. I mean, it's like uh, content warning stuff. But this was all happening on the stream as, I don't know, there was a marching band next door or something. And it was one of those moments where, holy shit. And Patrick, you and I had this moment during the 72-hour stream. And we were, we were streaming. Oh, yeah, that, inv- we that streaming, adventure game. Uh, Harvester. Harvester. Which is mm-hmm. probably, like, up. one of the most thoughtless games ever made, oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, it was, it's going for it, you know, for sure. Oh, yeah, it doesn't double down. It just says... Here's my whole ass. Yep. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. I'm proud of it. Look at this ass. Soak it <laughs> Look at this ass. It know? big. It a big ass. <laughs> it's all over the place. And I feel like we both had a moment, and, and Pat Bear was, was with us. Mm-hmm. We all had a moment of like, oh, God. You know, like, welcome, what? Welcome to well, Wayfair. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it, it was like, it was late, too, yeah. right? It, it was. It was, it was after it was at midnight. Night. I, think. I think, yeah, Austin, I think you were sleeping. I was. Um, and, once. Um, and, yeah, and it was like a question, of, well, how far do we... Push this. Right, do, right. Are we going to get we past like, this? Is this just a sign of the times, or yeah, right. it was a little bit of that. Like I didn't know much about the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know of its history. We did a lot of re- reading up on it later, and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure Let's say there were some red flags ahead of time about this game. Um, <sighs> but it, it was where you encounter like one. I think where we called it was like the outright homophobia. Like there was the, a moment. The, yeah, uh, there's the outright homophobia, and then the like really bad ableism with the the guy with sure there was bad i don't want to go into yeah, it yeah. it was bad yeah. stuff and i but think we're like we, okay we, yeah you know yeah sorry go ahead well see, that, that was an instance where we didn't know going in and, and kingdom come is in some ways similar to that i haven't read any pieces that uh, you know make the explicit argument that like here is the through line between right this this man's commentary and how it actually shows up the game this game is a huge, like it's a big, it's a big, it's a big CRPG, game. RPG, like traditional. A lot of a lot of the coverage so far has been like very like the the product review thing, like yo, is this is it too janky that you shouldn't <laughs> right. buy it sort of thing? Right. Um, and most seem to be leaning on like, oh, it's it's like a fun jank, Euro jank is the, that the, is the, the terminology. term I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so there hasn't been a, like the I feel like that's going to come, especially now that it's a it's a success. Like I think there's going to be sort of a like a demand that like people like take a closer look yep. and maybe and maybe the collusion people take is like shitty person th- those thoughts really don't show up in the work and like i don't know if that necessarily makes you feel good about no like right playing it because right. like, it doesn't take away from their public comments but i think it, it certainly complicates matters especially i feel less like i'm I, i'm i'm not like you where like, i looked at this game and i was like yo this is my game no, totally. like i, I could Dude, i could like, be interested it's, it's, but it's not but it's not within my like specific wheelhouse it's so easy for me to think about austin walker academic instead of austin walker journalist what looking at this game on steam and being like do i want to spend this money because austin walker right. academic does not get a code for this game from a publisher <laughs> saying hey could you guys want to do some coverage of this right right, right austin right. walker academic goes like "Ooh, i guess i could try i could move some stuff around in my budget this I'll, okay i'm gonna skip coffee for a week oh. now i can get this game <laughs> but like also is like the person who was so fucking mad at the notion of like there are no black people in this game spoken in such a way as to be like this amazing like it's like there was a wh- he blew a whistle. It was a regular whistle and also a dog whistle at the same time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, two it's like in his an, mouth. A, it's an, ac- an academic whistle like and a, uh... there were like three different whistles he was blowing at once. <laughs> that was like a wink to GamerGate and also a wink to white nationalists. It was like everybody in the Venn diagram. Yep. Completely hit by it, right? Uh, and I'm not calling him a white Nash. I don't fucking know. Like, I know also there was a bit where he was wearing a Burzum t-shirt. Burzum is a black metal band that had uh, the, the the lead dude from it, like, burned some churches and killed a person. Not cool. He's apologized for that also. he He's just a fan of the of the genre um, of, of metal music. Uh, but, like... But let's just say there's a history of stepping there's in There's a history, it. right, right, exactly. <laughs> there's a history in stepping the fuck all the way in it, just, like, wiggling your foot around. Uh, uh, he's, with he's his really, whole ass. With his whole ass. Awesome. He's just taking one step, <laughs> one cheek at a time, one, yep, whole ass, wiggling there. it. Uh, yeah. And it's so easy to think about how like tortured I'd be over this, how torn I'd be over this. 
uh, because it is exactly the sort of thing that I love. And like I've I have 30, 40, 50, 60 hours in Mountain Blade, various versions of Mountain Blade, which is like as janky as it gets. And this feels <laughs> mm-hmm. like a weird blend of Mountain Blade and Skyrim, where it's like, oh wow, like the combat is like really about like. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a little bit more complicated version of Four Honors combat or not more complicated, hmm. less less combo-based but more like focused on just like you have a sword and they have a sword. Which way are you going? Like which side are you blocking? Which way are you going to come in on them? It's like that stuff is stuff I like. Uh, I like the sort of like weird survival shit of like – Oh, you have to eat to stay healthy and you have to make sure that your clothes aren't dirty because people will talk to you differently if your clothes are dirty or bloody. So you got to spend money huh. to go to the bathhouse and like watch. Like huh. it is exactly my huh. shit. Like it's so huh. exactly my yeah. shit. Huh. It is the thing that's like, oh, well, what if you did like this simulation style thing in this setting? And I like the notion of there being quote unquote historical settings. Uh, it's why I've always loved the Assassin's Creed series. I kind of like like uh, roll my eyes and like this is the first time a series has ever been. Been, like truly historical. One, because there are limits to that claim and two, because there are other games that have existed in other moments in yeah. history. It's a very limited – what they really mean is it's the first first-person RPG that they can think of that took place that in – It doesn't have dragons. Right. Well, it doesn't have That's dragons. That's honestly like kind of what it does is. have potions. Does have healing potions directly. Yeah. Yeah, but does not have – I don't know. <laughs> no, but besides the savior shops, there's also just like healing potions okay. that you drink to heal wounds. <laughs> Are there other potions? I haven't got there's a there's a whole apothecary system. There's a whole like built mm. like making stuff system. There's brewing and all that shit. So like that's the yeah. thing is like if you look at the features list, like Austin Walker, check, check, check. Also one of the checks though is <laughs> check like is a black person is offended by this shit. There Come on, like this isn't even that funny. Um lots of checks mm. there. And so it's been it, it's been weird to watch this from the outside or from the inside. And like I don't know where I shake out on it. I don't know. Yeah. We should take a very quick break. Sure. And then we'll come back. I have a few other thoughts on this. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So this is related a little bit, uh, more than a little bit, um, but on a smaller scale, I think, to something I also wrote this week about uh, a game called Crossing Souls, which is like a little 2D action-adventure game that I was really, really enjoying. Uh, also, not Foratic. I think it's Foratic, actually, is the name of the dev. I'm going to check that because I don't want to be a jerk. How do you spell that? Yes, it is for attic. As if you took the word for, like F O U R, and then attic. Like for attic. Like for like attic. Not three attic. Not three attic, attic. Not five attic. Gotcha. For attic. Um, really fun little little game. I actually thought, you know, I looked at it at first and I thought, oh, they're trying to do Stranger Things. But this was also a Kickstarter game actually before Stranger Things. Right. It's just that right. happens. That same to vibe. Kinda, yeah, very much that vibe. A supernatural thing happens in an 80s small town and this group of kids has to go and mm-hmm. kind of have adventures around it um was really enjoying this game uh but it it came, along with a lot of that sort of 80s writing came a lot of like really gross old kind of stereotypes there's racist stereotypes there's jokes about fat people there's like a really nasty like gay stereotype uh kind of runs around swishing and the main character actually calls him gross he says you're grossing me out man and it's like Cool, mm-hmm. awesome, right? Uh, so all this stuff sort of exists within this game that I was also really enjoying, having a very good time with, even more than I thought. This is certainly in my wheelhouse of like colorful pixel art, right. you know, action adventure kind of game. Uh, that I sort of thought the '80s stuff was gonna wear on me a little more, but I was like, no, no, that's it, actually like, kind of fun. You. It actually works as like this cute little pastiche, right? Except for that part. Except for the part where they also doubled down on, like, yeah. the bullshit from the 80s. Exactly. Some that stuff is gone now by any means, but, like, specifically those types of, like, Very, archetypical, yeah. like, yeah. oh, you're the big fat one. You're the one. You're a Chinese, like, shop owner who speaks, yeah. like, 
fortune cookies. Fortune cookie kind of language. Know, yeah, language, yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, uh, which is so gross. It was gross at the time. Like if you go back and watch yeah, Gremlins, that's all, also Gremlins bad. is as old as me. It's thirty four years old. And you go back and you watch something like that and it's like, oh, dude, oh, that was yeah. not necessary. Like you you didn't need this right. to have a fun and awesome movie that you wanted to make, right? There, right. There's so much of that. So it just feels kind of inexcusable to put something like this in your game without saying something with it, without saying like, oh, this stereotype is stupid or, or this is actually satire that is saying something that mm-hmm. has a point to it. Uh, it didn't feel like anything other than, oh, well, it was like that in the 80s, so we should put that in the game. Right. Uh, like this really uncritical – Kind of thing. So it's, so it's like this waiter brought me this delicious soup. It's like, oh, my favorite soup. It has all these great delicious ingredients. And then you just like hawked a loogie into it. Right. And it's like, well, that loogie is there. I can't right. ignore the loogie. Which is like a really great metaphor of like, OK, you're going to go home. You're going to write your Yelp review of that of that restaurant. Yeah. Like, all right. Everything was great. But also there was this loogie. Is that a one star review? Is that a three? Like, but the right. soup was still good. I still ate that but soup. But the soup was still good. I had to avoid the, the loogie. The end of it. It was off. And then, and then like, so like the option made available are like, all right, is there a footnote at the end? It's like, oh, but by the way, uh, <laughs> if Jim is the waiter, you get the fuck out because he's going to spit in your fucking soup. Um, right. But if that's the case, then aren't so you... five-star restaurant, <laughs> one-star Jim. Right. One-star Jim. Right. But like, is that a footnote or is by making it a footnote, are you burying it? Are you saying like, oh, this actually isn't that important? Uh, this isn't as important as the fact that uh, the whatever. Like, I mean, we can just talk about Crossing Souls, right? So, like, yeah. is the is the the homophobia in Crossing Souls is the in in a write up? If you did just have the sidebar, which is like, oh, and by the way, yeah. homophobia doesn't that <laughs> right. suggest to the reader that that somehow is not as important because it's in a sidebar instead of it being in the body text? Right. If it's in the body text, but doesn't but doesn't come until the very end, same same feeling. If it's in the body text, but is really high up in the text, that can communicate that you hate the game. Or that you feel like the work is that is that is really really important, and maybe it is, and maybe that is where it belongs. Um, but like, there are all of these techniques that we do have, I and mean, we don't even have sidebars on the site, so that's not right. that's literally not. We, a thing don't, we, we do. don't have that technology. That we don't have that you know? in the CMS currently. <laughs> but if we did, and that is a tech, that is a, yeah. a tech, uh, technique we've seen on other sites for sure. It's like each one that you do can communicate something, can can miscommunicate what your internal feelings are, and it can be hard to find the right blend of taking it. And being here is what I feel about it, uh, and finding like the technological and like editorial fit with that. Um, I wish it was just easier because again, like I don't know what to, like if I wrote about if I if I went home this week and just played through all of Kingdom Come Deliverance, um, and I liked it. Let's say I just like I liked it. I didn't think it it fell out of line. I don't I don't think that any of his ideology slipped in there. And who knows if it does or not doesn't. Like I don't necessarily know what the Kingdom Come Deliverance review looks like when it comes to tackling Vavra's uh, uh, ideology. Uh, I do know that I would want to contend with it. But I don't know – and this is just all writing. I don't know what it is until I sit down to write write it, you know? And there's, um, of course, the the issue of we have multiple ways. We were talking about this earlier. We have multiple ways of covering things. We could do streams, which, again, are, right, are right, the right. more sort of in-the-moment reactions. We could do a podcast like this where we sit down and we talk right. through something, which for me feels really appropriate for a lot of this stuff. So hence we did this Here as a are. podcast. Yeah. Or in a written piece, uh, there's always the, the just really annoying and, – and it's a fact of how we live right now – the fact that it could get completely flattened right. into it just sort of the hype cycle of, oh, you said this is garbage or you said this is amazing and right. that there can be, never be anything in between. So what do you do with your loogie soup? Right. Like it's, what do you do becomes, with your loogie soup? Yeah, it becomes very, very tenuous. And uh, I, it, it, It's tenuous but it's also our responsibility to work out, right? Like, it's our job. I, I even <laughs> think that there is a degree to which – these conversations, there's a limit to the value of these conversations. I like having this one. I think this is a good one to have. Happy to have it. But we can't have this every time a new thing comes out. Right. Uh, one of the things I said about about Kingdom Come Deliverance, and I, it's, I, I clearly walked back on this, was like, I don't want to go out until we have a position. Like, I don't want to come out like, is it good? Is it bad? Who could say? Shrug. And like, <laughs> we're not doing that here. Three so, out of five. Three out of five. Right? I don't like, know. Maybe yeah. his, maybe he shouldn't sit in all that shit. Like, I, you know, I didn't want to have that like very. Like unfinalized, unpolished, unsculpted position. I would like to, if something goes to live on the site, have it be informed and firm. Um, because what people often look to us for, as we, we've said this a bunch of times, is like helping them work through ideas they're already bouncing around in their heads. They might not agree with us. We get that a lot. We get a lot of like, "Hey, I listen to the show. I love you guys. I don't agree with everything you say, but you help me think through what I do believe." And that comes from 
insight that has been shaped and molded, I think, and like work together as a team on edit- on the editorial side. Work together, you know, with with sometimes with like you and a partner, or like you and end up yeah. old mentor. You're like, I just can't crack this one. Like, I don't know what to fucking do about this. Like, and and that stuff takes time. And sometimes you you, but sometimes you get that gem. Where you're like, all right, here is what I feel. Yeah. And because the stakes feel high on projects like this, when when things do when pe- things do fuck up. Like I've, done, we're trying to commit to make sure that we can have that firm thing that we stand behind. But also, each time it's a risk that we fuck up and then like and miss it. So it is, it is. Who knows? Maybe next this time next week we'll have an article up. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, this I think this gets us the, the, like we our own internal like rock up the the mountain a little yeah. bit more because it because also people they. Like we both feel an obli- we feel an obligation to say even if like we wanted to look at this game and go like actually yo we're just gonna take a pass yep. we're just gonna punt on this one at the same time like part of our responsibility as a publication that uh, you know talks about these values like openly in some ways it feels like like punting on it's like You're not fucking coward like that's right yeah like, totally. like just because just because it's messy. And like, just because you're going to ruin you Twitter you on have, yourself because you're going to take a stand on this doesn't mean you shouldn't take a stand. Right, like that's not that's not an excuse. Right. It's like, yo, this is what you signed up for when you decided yep. you're going to make a website that like is going to explicitly talk about people's like designers' values, the studio culture. Yep. You're going to put your own politics into it. So, yo, it's it's a tough yeah, but one. But at the same time, but I, I don't we've know. been pretty open about not giving the platform over to people who we right. think are shitty. Right. right, like we we there are. There are people that we've done, you know, research on. We've thought about doing profiles of, and we've canned those profiles, and instead try to perform, do profiles of other types of people and people who we think celebrate people instead of like tearing down people, right? Um, not that we don't ever tear anybody down. Fuck David Cage, but like there are times when it's where we're better served by spending the time that it would take to do the complex profile piece. I mean, like David Cage is a great example. We, I actually talked about this mm-hmm. with Emmanuel over at Motherboard who we were like, is there value in a David Cage profile? Is there value in sending somebody to, to France to like do the David, the David Cage profile? What's that look like? Who do you send to go do that? What's the version of it that's a critical profile? That right. is not just the like this genius David Cage. Who knows if you could even get access because that's how the games world works. But is there value in that? And, and I, we kind of stepped away from that going like I would rather send someone to go profile someone I've never heard of or like someone who I think has a lot of potential in this space but who doesn't have PR resources, who isn't part of the broad conversation already. And so like I don't know. These conversations happen or they don't happen and when they don't happen, what happens is that the natural or the established biases of whoever's in charge in an editorial space just come out and they just kind of like run rampant. So I'm happy to have these conversations and like would rather – swing and miss a few times on the way to figuring out how to do this coverage than just like go with our gut each time and be like, eh, let's pass on it. Let's do it. Like let's cover David Cage because David Cage is huge. Right. Like it's tough, but it's a tough, but it's a tough thing for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, you know, we, you know, we wrote about PewDiePie. Right. Like we came, like we t- took a stand. Right. Like we said, like, no, like this is an instance where we like waypoint is going to say like, I wrote the article, but it, like you know, we all had very unifying feelings on it. Like, no, like fuck yeah. this, and like in a public way, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, we're a small staff, and sometimes things get away yeah. from you, and like that's also true. Like, um, but I think, but part of the reason we you know love the audience that we have is like when we do like occasionally like kind of just like punt on it because like ah yep. like we'll just look the other way like our audience is usually smart Yo. enough to like yep. <laughs> to say like hey hey, hey. huh hey, come back Hold here feet yeah. a little come bit. back yeah. here you know yeah you don't get your dessert which i appreciate <laughs> come on yeah. finish the meal you know <laughs> eat your vegetables exactly vegetables, veg- are delicious. vegetables are delicious yeah um, I know, Austin. You, you I have to have run. To unfortunately, if y'all want to keep talking, you can keep talking. But I have to go. No, we should. We should. We should. We should run an hour. We should. We should. We should. You know, we we at least, if nothing else, we have solved every problem uh, we've ever had. You know. <laughs> yeah, clear answers and obviously a obviously a path forward, <laughs> and we know exactly what we're doing. Done. We did it. We did it. So anybody, uh, normally we do questions. Obviously, we pick from the question bucket, and if you have those questions, you can send them to gaming at vice.com, The subject question. Shoutouts, as always, to Bowen for letting us use his track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. I love that song. Every time I edit this podcast, I always dance around to it. I just wanted you to you to know that, you know, in case you didn't know. Uh, we're on Twitter at Waypoint. We're on Facebook at Waypoint Vice. We're on YouTube at Waypoint Vice. Austin, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Amazing. Patrick, where can people find you? 
Uh, one, no podcast on yeah. Monday. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Punt on the podcast on Monday because we have the day off. Because yeah. <laughs> we're cowards. We believe in, and we believe in <laughs> sleeping <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, probably no stream. Also, yeah, probably like, don't count on the stream on Monday either. Yeah. No, like I'm probably gonna play Monster Hunter. We'll see. That's exactly. Awesome if our schedules line, if our schedules line up with my daughter's uh, exactly. schedule, then maybe, no, maybe no we can find a way to make it work. So. Yeah, no promises. No promises. But uh, otherwise, you can follow me uh, at Patrick Hall. Awesome. Thank you all so, so much. Really appreciate it. What about you, Danielle? Oh, yeah, where I are forgot. you on the internet? I'm not on the internet yeah. anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm at Danielle or I there on Twitter. Is. That's where you can you can talk to me about things. I appreciate that. Uh, so, as always, uh, for Austin, for Patrick, and for myself, I remind you to be good and be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.